You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 35. That's a magic number. Three. It is. It's the magic number. Three. Somewhere in this hip hop soul community was born three based of me, and that's a magic number. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 35. My name is Ron, and I'm here with Josh. Hello. And Connor via telephone. Hi. Connor's having some technical difficulties at home, so we're doing it old school, right? Oh, it sucks. Connor on line one. <laughs> first Long time, time listener, first time caller. <laughs> so anyway, um, at iFanboy.com, we dig comics, in case you didn't realize already. And every week we um, pick up the batch of comics and we read them all. And then one of us picks our favorite and writes a review. Um, you can read that review on iFanboy.com under the Pick of the Week header. Um, this week, uh, Josh had the pick. And uh, let, him, let him tell us about it. Well, um... I'll let you tell us about it. Are you? Will you? Do you allow me to do that? I'm sorry. I'm a little addled because it's hotter than hell in here. It's hot I'm, everywhere. I'm like sweating like meatloaf, and it's killing me. <laughs> I would do anything, but not like that. the meat or the singer. No, the singer. Okay. See, that's a, it's a visual joke. Then you remember. If you, 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 know, if you're if old you leave out meatloaf, it will eventually begin to emanate anyway. sweat. All right. Anyway, pick of the week. So, what, uh, oh, what book could you have picked? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know. It was, but I didn't have a lot of choice. <laughs> I mean, like, I read my books, and they were all good. I couldn't tell you. We were, we were like, well, what are the books we're going to talk about? And I couldn't even remember what other ones I'd read. So uh, Civil War II was the book of the week. Um, whether you like it or don't, it, if nothing else, it it certainly changed some things. Um, like, did, you, did anybody talk about any other comic this week other than this book? No, no, no one even brought one up. Right. No one was like, oh, in Checkmate 3, White Bishops, Kings, and it, it didn't happen. <laughs> And this might be the first what, time we had a thread like that, where a discussion about the pick of the week, where no other book was mentioned. Yeah. It was great. I was I woke I wrote the thing. I went to bed. I came back in the morning. There was all sorts of stuff on there from the East Coast side of things. It was really good. Um, basically, I, I felt I had no choice but to make this the pick because when I was done, I sort of put it down and I went, huh. And I hadn't had it spoiled for me. That's important to know. That's a, a problem that a lot of people had because the media were up with this by you know. Daybreak on Wednesday, you, you were, it was hard to not miss it, um, and you know, but and I kind of pretty much had figured out what it was going to be. Um, the one good thing about the media jumping all over this is that I have not heard the word Batwoman all week. Thank God, I know. lipstick lesbian. Yeah. Um, Hello, and I finished up. <laughs> Stop. Liberace. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Trelane, the Squire of Gothos. You take your pick. Good Christ. Um, I walked out in the kitchen, and I, I said, I said, I said to my wife, I go, Spider-Man just outed himself. She said, he's gay? And I said, no. <laughs> it's Wonder Woman all over again. <laughs> I swear to God, it keeps happening. But I was like, and I had to explain it. I was like, Let's see, there's this event in Civil War, and the whole thing is Spider-Man is on his side, and blah, blah, blah. And then he takes his, if, by the way, if I'm spoiling this for you, you're really in, like, a deep hole. Yeah, so I think. I'm I mean, sorry. I think it's safe to say that this is a. We're, this is you know, it's been spoiled already, so we're not holding any pulling any punches. Right. Um, so at the end of this thing, there's a big. I don't even remember what happened the rest of the, rest of the issue. I just remember the last page. Um, and I explained well, what happened. Well, the issue was great too, even without that. It really was, and yeah. so like when I was writing the review, I had to go back and look through it. I go, oh yeah, all this other stuff did happen. There was that great scene with Captain America and his his revolution troops, you know, or whatever they're called. I don't know. Um, the, the resistance, uh, and and you know they they broke some people out of uh, Shield custody, and you know there's young some, Avengers to be specific. Was it all of them? Yeah, it was the young Avengers. Yeah, it's it, start, it was the young Avengers got captured, and then oh, okay, yeah. I thought it was just a couple of them. Anyway, no, um, really nice artwork and and, and action, and then just some just really good moments with stuff, um, uh, and it was just a good issue. And and the art is. Is out of control. Like this is this is maybe my new favorite superhero artist, and I'm guessing he's, there are a lot of people saying that. Out of nowhere, the last like three or four months, mm-hmm. he's like risen to the top. Not yeah. for nothing, 2004. I called him out. I said, "This Steve McNiven guy, watch out for him." Right. When he was on when he was on four with uh, Sac- that book, Sacasa was writing. I, I, you know what? I do remember you saying that, but I didn't remember who he was. Yeah, no, it was, it was McNiven, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is really good. I mean, it, like I said back then, I went back to look at the review, and it reminded me of a little bit of Travis Charest or Sheree or whatever Charest. his name is, Sheree. Um, you know, like in, in terms of the clean lines and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, this, the, the art just blew me away. Sort of, sort of like Cassidy and Sheree, and that sort of 
modern style, but it's a little yeah. more de- detailed. It's a little more going on. It looks a little like a foreign comic, almost the way they colored it. Like Maury Hollowell. He's it's really good colors. Yeah, it does look the book. The book does have a unique look to it. Yeah, and it's, um, it's very nice. I just turned to my favorite panel though. Um, mm-hmm. Right before, right, right as the uh, Spider-Man press conference is starting, <laughs> and um, the shot of the the X-Men mansion with the TVs on, and Logan walks in with the wife beater and just says, "Hell's going on now." <laughs> Which just summed it up, like what, like what else is happening now, you know? Like, and uh, it was, I mean, I think they handled all the moments and all the point of views so well. Well, that was one of the things that I brought up when I when I wrote my review of this is that normally I am not a Mark Miller fan. Uh, I was when he first came out, but then everybody got to love him so much, and I just felt a lot of his stuff was kind of over the top for no reason. Like it was, he wrote a lot of shock value. And he, I don't know if it's the editing or he sensed this was the time, but he's really dialed back a lot of that extraneous stuff, and he's just telling the story. And they got through a lot of story in this issue. Yeah, they and set up all of the pins for what's going to happen, and now like Civil War has started now. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's not just Miller alone, but the fact that I think Marvel, you know, from what I've read and and heard, Marvel learned from like things like the other, and their the whole everyone writing in, is involved in at least in the plotting and what they're doing. And so it wasn't Millar just saying, "I've got this great story idea, I'm going to run with it," mm-hmm. but rather he's being tempered by editorial, which is kind of how it should be. Right. Yeah. So um, it, it's just it's a really good example of sort of economical, sparse, really fun storytelling. They, they plot was advanced. There was you know all sorts of stuff going on. We've got we've got this you've got some mysteries still going on. Who's this daredevil guy? We've heard some good you know ideas about that. Um, you know, just all sorts of really good stuff in this. But I just keep flipping through it and going, God, this looks great. I love the fact that the I, I mean I just went, as soon as you know as soon as was a cable who said welcome to the resistance like the whole that whole captain america scene like you know the the them um him and falcon being disguised as shield members and saving them mm-hmm. and then taking them to the safe house was just awesome and then to be like ooh daredevil ooh cable ooh cloak and dagger like is that goliath like it was like not goliath hercules like yes. it was it just got better and better you know like i want to see who else is going to join you know the resistance so it's yeah. definitely a good a very good status quo shakeup and I think a lot of the thing that people are worried about, and we'll just get, I guess we'll just get into the, to Peter Parker, a lot of people think, is this all going to get retconned? Is this going to matter? Because the first thing people say is, oh, crap, I don't want that to happen. But then I've heard a lot of people sort of say what, what I've started out saying is that, well, it does make sense. The story progresses logically. But if this is for no reason, then I don't want to go through it. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, it's like I, was trying to exp- I, was, I was trying to explain it to a friend of mine at work. And he was like, is this a big deal? I'm like, yeah, it's a big deal. I'm like, because this is like 40, 44 years of the core aspect of the character is the fact that he's had to hide his identity. And to change that, you know, basically changes everything. But it's, but I said, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's a great story. Like, I, like I'm, like, a part of me is a little bummed that, I, you know, because I liked him, like, having to hide the fact and, and have the guilt and, and just the, the sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, what's going to happen now? Like, it but is a great story. This is know? a logical extension of that responsibility. Yeah. Really. I mean, like, he, now whether you agree with his stance or not, but for him personally, he thought the, the responsible thing for me to do here is to follow Tony Stark and to do this thing. And even though it's very hard and I don't want to do it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And his family yeah. was with him. The, really, the fact is, his secret identity, the real mystery of it, a long time ago was blown when he told May, I think. I think that's when it was like... That, yeah, that, was that changed things a lot, too. It didn't really get a lot of notice. That was only within the past three years, so that wasn't even... Well, right, but they've, they've started them on... I mean, when, when Mary yeah. Jane knows and May knows, he doesn't have to hide it from anybody he's close to anymore. Right. He doesn't work at the Daily Bugle, so they don't care. Well, depending on what comic you read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got three jobs, depending on what book you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided not to read any of them for this time. Just read Civil War. Well, he's apparently still teaching, even though he's like the number two man of the biggest corporation in the Marvel Universe. Well, he wants and to back to the kids. In what book is he still teaching? In Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. There was a bunch of interviews I read online with the Spider-Man writers, and they were talking about how... In fact, if you look, there's some preview art online from the, the upcoming Spider-Man event that leads from this r- reveal, and uh, it shows him in the, in the classroom. So he's apparently still teaching, even though he's like he's like number two guy stock. And also, and in this issue itself, it says, um, we need, you know, they're together bugle, they're like, we need a photographer, but Peter's out of town. Yeah. So apparently he's still freelancing on the side as a photographer for Daily Bugle, so. They need to fix that. They need to just yeah. drop it. 
Well, he hasn't been. Honestly, he hasn't. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what Marvel timeline is, but he hasn't really been an Avenger that long. Like, it, I mean, I know it's been like a year for us, but it to that this it, it could be like you know a month. You know, like it's still kind of new to him. So I don't know. Maybe. But I'm just justifying it. But, but I, I would we'll... assume that when Tony hired him, and and I read that story, you know, when Tony hired him, it seemed like yeah. this is your life he, now, and that makes and sense. The, yeah, and here's your salary, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have but... time for two more jobs, and I'm not an Avenger. But then at the I same time, no, no... fighting crime. But at the same time, yeah, staying up all night and fighting crime. Um, but at the same time, knowing Peter Parker and knowing his sense of responsibility, does it make sense that he would also still want to teach and that he'd also still, co- you know, have his commitment to the bugle? He may want to, but it's not enough hours in the day to do three jobs and fight crime and sleep and eat. Well, luckily, he's not a real person. <laughs> um, but okay, but here's the, here's the big question I pose to you guys: This Wednesday, does this mark the end of an age and a beginning of a new age? You know, because if you look at, we had the golden age, which is the 40s and 50s, and then we had the silver, you know, the silver age, which is the 60s, and then the 70s has pretty much been the the modern age up until now. Like, are we now? Like, it's been the seeds have been sown for this, you know, like Daredevil being outed and and Captain America unmasking and like this kind of realistic, you know, new storytelling versus old storytelling. But is this going to be the seminal moment that's going to be like, where were you when Peter Parker revealed that he was Spider-Man, and does this launch a new age of comics? Maybe I'm cynical, but no. <laughs> I would say yes, only if it's a permanent thing. Yeah. If this doesn't get retconned at the end or changed or everyone gets mind-wiped and the Beyonder comes down and this 70s disco suit wipes his hand over everybody and they forget, then, then no. But if, if it's for, for real, then possibly yes. But I tend to think of those, those eras as, as, as stylistic ones. And I don't know. I don't see the styles of comics changing. I mean, if anything, we're in a postmodern comics era, era that started up sort of around 2000 when comics really there was a lot of acknowledging of reality within the comics, where they start sort of making fun of the idea that they wear costumes and they're sort of like you know there's there's TV in theirs and like when putting um, the uh, Speedballs team, what are they? The ones New Warriors. Putting them in a reality show. You know yeah. that kind of thing, and now bringing you know maybe maybe in that sense, like now now, now all, all heroes are public. Um, it's good uh, to me. It's good though. Like you know, just because something's been around for a really long time and you like it, doesn't mean that it shouldn't change. The best stories are the ones that that make you uncomfortable, and you're like, oh oh, you don't want that to happen. Right. But it's the challenge that you you've got to give your these characters. You've got to give them choices, and they have to make choices, and you're not always going to like them, but you want to know how it's going to turn out. That's what a good story is. A good story isn't, hey, let's do the same thing this week that we've been doing for 40 years. Right, yeah, and I, and I agree. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, it stings that, he, that they did this and that this is such a central part of the character, but I'm excited for the story, and it's making me uncomfortable, and I can't wait for the next issue, and that, and that I think, is the success of it. I just, so. See, the thing, that's the thing I keep hearing is that the secret identity is the central part of the character, and I don't believe that. The central... No, I don't think. It, no, I never. I didn't say it was the central part of the character. I said it was just such a big part of the character. It was such a big element within within the story. But it, you know? see, I don't think it is. I mean, it, it was at one time, but so was him being in high school, and they moved on from that. Well, no, and I, then yeah, him not... trying to date Mary Jane, and they moved on from that. And this is just one of the things in his life that changed. And if you really want to advance the character to being an adult, like like they've been doing. Maybe this is just one more of those changes that comes with that. Just like, I mean, that's like saying, you know, when he graduated high school, people probably said, well, this is going to change the character. But it did. And, and you know, when you were 21, you were a lot different than you are at 28 and 29. Like, your life changes right, right. completely, and the way that you look at things changes completely. So it's fair. Like, I agree with you that it's, that it's a progression, but, I don't, but don't dismiss the, the – the, I mean, like, did, like, have you read the entire run of Amazing since, since the, the 60s? Like – they, they evolved the character and changed him, and I'm all for the involvement of it. But there have been core components of, to the, of to him, and part of it was when you think of, when I think of Spider-Man, and I rattle off like the themes or the components. It's the great power comes great responsibility. Then it's the I've got to make money to pay the rent or to get Aunt May's medicine. And then the third part of it is is that J. J. Jonas Jameson is is making the city hate me, and nobody knows who I am. And here I am doing these great things, and I can't catch a break. And I'm not saying that those things shouldn't change because now, you know, Lord knows Aunt May's died how many times and, and he married Mary Jane and he did move on and he went to Empire State University, which is almost as bad as California University in 90210. But, um, 
you know, and like that, those evolve, those evolutions are there. But don't, I mean, and I'm not saying it's it's not okay to change the fact that he no longer has the secret identity because that ho- opens up a whole host of new stories and and different changes. But that was a key part of the character for a better part of 40 years, and not you know, like I'm just you know. But I'm even going more. That, yeah. I'm not disrespect. It was a good aspect of the storytelling. But I'm saying that when you start off, the like, why does he have a secret identity? His secret identity was there because he thought it was his responsibility to maintain that identity to protect the people that he loved. This and because everybody next... hates Spider-Man. Well, yeah, because because he was wanted. Right. And so now right. his next his next idea is to think, well, maybe if I'm not hidden anymore, that will help better protect them. And now I won't be hunted and I won't be... I mean, it's the, it's an extension of the same thing, though. It's that just a new tactic. Sense. Right, no, and and I completely hear that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, and and that this is a paradigm shift. But to say that to say that the identity aspect wasn't an important part of the character for the past forty years is just is just. Wrong. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying it wasn't integral. It wasn't what made Spider-Man Spider-Man. I don't know about that. I mean, it's, Spider-Man more than any, any Marvel character had needed a secret identity. That was yeah, who I mean, he was. I, was see, I always, I always thought of it like the idea that. The integral thing about him was he was this regular guy who got all these things, and he was kind of always over his head. And that, to me, is like, that's what Spider-Man is. He's the guy that you can relate to because he's kind of nerdy, and he's smart, but all of a sudden, like, he's got all this responsibility, and he's got to deal with it. And this, to me, is an extension of that. And I hear the word, like, like respect thrown around. You've got to respect this. And you're like, and I don't know what that means. Entirely. Because you don't understand respect. <laughs> kid, you don't want to use... Right now you're slapping me on the face. Listen, kid. <laughs> comes... Come spend a week with my exter- with my extended family in Brooklyn, and we'll teach you about respect. <laughs> no, but, but but you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, there's there's respect for the history. And respect for the history means yeah. going, hey, these were really good stories, and this is why. And then right. respect for the present is let's just keep telling good stories and not worry about wallowing in the past. For, right, for and, the I, and I don't and I don't and I don't disagree with that, but I'm I'm just saying don't oversimplify what the character has been and what it has meant to people. Like I understand, like I can completely relate to the visceral reaction because. I you know because I've gone back and I've read the the I I've, I I think it's safe to say that I've read a little more than two thirds of the Amazing Spider-Man run. There there is a there's a few years in the 70s and the 80s that I still need to read and find and reprints and stuff like that. But I've read a lot of Spider-Man over the years. He means and... he's gonna download them. There I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but um but and to you know to oversim I mean I think I think your your explanation of the character is correct, but it's an oversimplified. St- Partially, and, and that's partially because I'm, you know, every, you know, everyone knows I'm a continuity nut, and everybody knows that I'm, I get far too in the details. But mm-hmm. up till up until this Wednesday, and even after this Wednesday, the identity thing was huge. I mean, was this this is the same this is the same conversation or same theme that we had with the Bendis and the Daredevil thing. You know, once everybody found out, I mean, like we joked that you know Matt Murdock was the worst kept secret identity in the Marvel universe. But uh, but it was the same kind of thing. Like, why did he have to protect his identity? Why didn't he just come out? Why did he keep denying it? You know, like it's the same theme. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad theme to explore, but it's like it's understanding where we've come and how we've gotten to this day and and, and why. Like, because that that whole component of the character is what makes this such a good story, and that's why we've got so many reactions on the site and on all the other sites and all, all the fans around the world who are acting so, um, you know, passionately about this. So that's all. You know. I just, I just I think, think it, it makes sense, I, and like, so it doesn't shock me in that sense. But it, to me, it's, it's, it. I keep saying logical extension, but it, it seems like that's where the story should go next. Now, if I were to read a Batman comic book where Batman outed himself to the public, that would shock me. I wouldn't believe that. But this See, makes that's sense. The, I think of Super Spider-Man as the equivalent of the Batman in terms of identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yep. two characters that need to have their secret identity. It's Spider-Man on the Marvel side and Batman on the DC side. And no, I'm not saying, work, and I like. I'm not saying I don't like the story. I like the story a lot. I've changed my stance. Whereas before, I said if he had outed himself, I probably wasn't going to continue reading. But now I'm completely shifted to the other side, and I like it. I'm just saying, it's a change, and it's and it's it's a good. It's possibly a good change, but it's 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 the impact is no less is not lessened because it's not a big deal. It's a huge. Deal. I think it's very possible yeah. that in six months this conversation could be completely null and void if whether they do well or they don't. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Well, that, and that's the next natural question: is is okay? So what now? I mean, as as far as I can see it, and, and I I posted this in the thread, was that you know there there's a couple of different avenues when you try to speculate what's next. There can you know Scarlet Witch wakes up and says you know rewind and everything goes back to how it was. Um, that will or, happen. There will be a revolt. I mean, yeah. Or uh, that's that's something. I think you, you you put this out. You have to go with it. And if you just at the end you push a button and it resets, 
Right. Well, the, the the thing about that, I mean, and I want to I want to come back to that one though. But so then the other the, the next option is that they they stick with this and they're finally Marvel's finally accepting that Peter's grown up and we won't hear any more about him being married is a bad thing and and get him back in high school and all that kind of stuff and they're going to admit that he's thirty and run with it and his identity is out there and we might get good stories from that. Um, but the thing to go back to, not so much the Scarlet Witch, but and this is where, you know, you guys make fun of me for being the continuity freak and crossovers and stuff like that. But think about what else is going on in the Marvel Universe right now. And that there's that Annihilation crossover going on, which is basically this galactic wave coming towards, you know, basically coming towards Earth. And who knows where, if this is going to tie in. If they're, like, it, it, I'm, I've been looking at the issue release of Annihilation and Civil War, and from what I can tell, they're going to collide in the fall. Like, Annihilation is going to come to a close and so is Civil War. And if they're not tied, like... I would completely believe it if they're not tied in and they're just completely unique, but I would also be really impressed if they are tied in and somehow it's used to retcon all this or something made even bigger happens than this. Now, what's this Annihilation weather? What? <laughs> no no one's talking about Annihilation, though. Right, no, well, because Annihilation hasn't really started. Annihilation's in the preface stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annihilation, they've got all these little minis that are leading up to the Annihilation miniseries. Well, isn't there something with so the Infinity you... Gems? Well, and then, and then, then that, t- that ties back to... Um, if anybody, the the other Civil War tie-in book that came out this week um, was Thunderbolts, and I, I know Josh, you picked it up, right? I did, but um, but you're not a regular reader of Thunderbolts, so you don't really know what's going on. I read it but, from a long um, time ago. I was kind of reading it like, geez, not a lot has happened since then. But I couldn't, well, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. What I couldn't figure out is, are they good guys or bad guys now? What are they? Well, that that well, I mean, to go back to what you said, not a lot has happened. Actually, a lot has happened, and what happened is that Zemo is back, and Zemo's got possession of some Infinity Gems. Uh huh. And so anytime Infinity Gems are involved, you know, that's, that's kind of a big deal. And right now Zemo is, is building a, a – they're posing as heroes, and I think half the Thunderbolts who are on the team think they are heroes, but uh, Zemo is now building a supervillain army. So, you know, I mean, if, if anything, Dark, uh, uh, the dark horse of all this, I think, is going to be Thunderbolts in the next couple of months as to, you know, the real kind of thing is going to be – is going to be the the clash between the heroes are going to have to reunite whether they're unmasked or not unmasked to to fight this third front, which is going to be Zemo and his villain army. Well, here's the thing, is that that like the idea of that and, and the the Infinity Gems and all that stuff that really turns me off because right there you've got this possibility at the end because there's stuff out there like the Infinity Gems and the Cosmic Cubes and whatever and that can make this all unreal. And the thing that I like about Civil War because this is the kind of reader, this is the kind of story that I like is that it's rooted in issues and stuff that I can understand that I think are, are this is the kind of stuff that's it's interesting to me because I like it when you take a superhero and you place it in the context of the real world. Now, right, and that, when you and then that, have those gems and everything and the Cosmic Cube and the Scarlet Witch and then, you know, like, I, I don't like that so much. But that's my, pre- that's that, my preference. And that's the thing is that, and, and then you're not a you're not a Marvel kid, and the thing is is that, and that's just fine. But a huge component of the Marvel universe is things like the Cosmic Cube and the Infinity Gems and the Eternals and you know and Thanos and all that stuff. And and while I you know I agree with you, and I really do like the the reality aspect of Civil War. Like I I get kind of giggly when when like that's why I'm reading I'm reading Silver Surfer Nova with the Annihilation series because it's that '70s space epic. Kind of, you know, the it's not just Earth type thing, and I'd be, re- I'm curious to see if they're going to tie in or not. They could, I could be completely wrong. I mean, this is, you know, I'm not making a prediction, or I have no inside information. You know, I don't even read previews, so I don't know what's coming. But, um, but just knowing what's going on in the company, you know, you know, they talked about annihilation before Civil War started, and then it's gotten real quiet. So mm-hmm. I'm just looking at trends. That's what I do. I look at trends. So I would be shocked. I mean, I think they're investing so much into this. On the one hand, I'd be shocked if if they. If they reset it, but then on the other hand, I would not be. Well, yeah, I would just be very angry like, if they I mean, did. I mean, it's the kind of thing, like, how big... I mean, the, the, the coverage that this is getting is comparable to when Superman died, right? No. No. But uh, oh. it's it's close. Do you think this is big, bigger or smaller? smaller? Smaller, way smaller. Superman died was in oh. Time Magazine, it was, on the, it was on the evening news. I mean, it was... Okay, well, even, even then... Spider-Man, so Superman has been, Superman. Spider-Man has been all over the place, but not to the extent of Superman dying. I know so many people who started reading comic books when Superman died. Like that—that that was like the the last watershed event, I think. And no, I don't think anything's touched that since. Some of the movies, maybe, but but not that event. Just, just a quick correction: I'm not—I gotta look into it. But in the Thunderbolts, I'm not actually sure if they're actually Infinity Gems or I—I I think it's um, Moonstones that. Uh, well, that would change things. The character Moonstone had, but I'm not sure if the Moonstones were tied to the Infinity Gems. 
but I gotta look into that. But somehow it's this. He basically he can you know use them to travel through time, space, and dimensions, and use dimensional rifts. So that's somewhat cosmic in his ability. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, it'll be interesting. We could probably uh, debate this endlessly. Exactly. We should. So. We should. Uh, anyway, I mean, this could, this discussion will obviously be continued and is going on right now on our website and probably hundreds of other websites. But why would you want to go there? <laughs> I'm just, I would just say I'm impressed with with the, the level that they're, they're sustaining with this so far. Yeah. Oh, the I mean, I wasn't. I, you know, six months ago, I wasn't even going to pick up this miniseries, and now it's like I look forward to this one more, almost more than any book. So they're they're kind more of blowing the, DC out of the water right now. Well, which is, I mean, and it's almost like the, 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 I mean, like the example going, Batwoman was in the news for weeks, and then now we've got Civil War, and that's kind of like we, you know, how, you know, how many months ago were we talking about Infinity Crisis, Infinity, uh, not Infinity Crisis, uh, Infinite Crisis. <laughs> Infinity, <laughs> Infinity Crisis. Gauntlet. Uh, Infinite Crisis, um, and, I de- you know, and all the DC stuff in the winter, and now it seems that, you know, the, the, the tide has gone Marvel's way, so. I mean, yeah, but, it's not a competition either, I mean, I, I get sort of annoyed when people... When people, it's uh, me. You mean me? Pit, pit, no, not not you. I mean, people <laughs> pit the two sides like it's some sort of internal struggle. Um, it is. Well, in a way, let's see your Marvel. Whose side are you on, Connor? You <laughs> <laughs> um, need to pick. <laughs> I'm on Ani Press's side. <laughs> in a way, though, I mean, like this is like they're two networks and they're both putting out new shows on the That's same true. night. And and yeah. I know that, like, there was a lot of coverage about Batwoman. But this is the the classic story. The Batwoman stuff is still two and a half months away. The Civil War stuff is happening right now. Right. And that's a point to Marvel right now because you can say it, you can read it, and you go into the store and you buy it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and the, and so, the Batwoman stuff is all just conjecture. Right, and and the, and it kind of boils down to use your TV analogy. Whereas, okay, it's Thursday night. Are you are you watching? My name is Earl in the office mm-hmm. and TiVo in the OC. Or are you watching the OC and TiVo? And my name is Earl in the office. It's a personal choice, you know. Right. I'm watching the OC while Connor's probably watching My Name is Earl in the Office. Now, some people are yeah. going to go in and buy all the books regardless, but some people, there really is a choice, like, what am I going to spend my money on? Yeah. And in that case, I can't imagine that the Civil War isn't outselling you know, a lot of the DC books uh, for those events now. Right. So, anyway. <laughs> so, did any other books come out at all? or was that... <laughs> Well, I had one book that I bought. Um, I bought The Two-Gun Kid from Marvel. The Mighty Marvel Western. <laughs> Even I didn't buy that. And um, I feel I dirty. Stop, I, <laughs> I did stop and look at it because I really liked the cover. Well, I thought, okay, they're riding the wave of this Jonah Hex popularity, which apparently it's more, it's more popular than we think. Um, it sells pretty well from what, I, from what I read. And um, I saw I, I, I saw that this, these books were, these model, these Western books are, were coming out. I thought, all right, they're they're reinvigorating this this sort of genre and. Um, it was terrible. Basically, this is the kind of comic that killed the Western comic in the beginning. Is he it, gay? No, no, no. It's just, it's just, it's written by Dan Slott, so that should, right away should tell you um, you're in for a world of pain. And um, it's hokey, it's cheesy, it's it's everything that 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 made the Western silly to begin with. You know, it's not realistic at all. It's uh, at one point there's cowboys fighting werewolves. It's it was so disappointing. Um, basically, if you took if you take um, Jonah Hex and you compare it to Deadwood, this book would be when Marty McFly puts on the '50s Western outfit before going back in <laughs> going back in time and Back to Future Three. That's like he's wearing like the, the Hollywood getup with the rhinestones and the, the bright colored outfit. And that's yeah. about as, as good as unrealistic as this book is. It's terrible. It's not grizzly. You like the grizzly. And it was four dollars. Oh man, that's four dollars you're never gonna get back either. I know, and I'm really, really not happy about it. I mean, this was disappointing on so many levels. Oh well. I got burned. I live and I learned. Well, at least yeah, you know, at least you got the internet. Stupid hokey western. At least you have an internet connection at home. Oh wait, you don't. Oh wait, oh, I don't. At least it's not ninety degrees out. Oh wait, it is. Oh, oh wait, it oh. is. Oh, and I have no TV, and the World Cup is going on. Oh. 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 And you're hungover. Oh. And I'm hungover. Uh, perfect. Right, enough lamenting. Um, well, the only other book aside from Civil War that I wanted to highlight, which just real quickly, was that uh, the Captain Adam Armageddon uh, series finally ended. 
Finally. Uh, with issue nine and the end. It felt like it was on for years. I know it really did, or nine months, but um, <laughs> give or almost, almost give or take. Pretty close. But um, but turns out this book is the catalyst to the reboot of um the Wildstorm universe with um, uh Jim Lee and Grant Morrison on Wildcats coming up in a couple of months and um right. some other great uh some other great creators which I don't remember kind of tackling the mainstay Wildstorm books like Stormwatch, Gen Thirteen, and The Authority and stuff like that. I gotta say though, in terms of rebooting it, it was probably the lamest, most cliche, you know, trigger a reboot ever. Is that they basically just had a big bang and restarted the universe? Yeah, like it was. It was really just kind of like you could have done this in four issues again. So it did not need nine. This was this was absolute worst case of filler miniatures oh, I've ever it was seen. Just, it was so it was just masturbatory. It was just not even funny. I mean, the thing is, I mean, how many issues were spent going back and forth about whether whether or not they should kill Captain it, Adam or what, what would be the consequence? I mean, that's basically three issues in the middle where they just talked about that the entire time. And guess time. what? That was half this book. Yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous. The only good thing about it was that Midnighter and Apollo got fried. Like, like he just Captain Adam just completely fried them like down to their skeletons. It was pretty funny, but um. Um, but yeah, it was pretty lame. But whatever. But I'm um, I'm actually I'm probably gonna you know as the fan stupid fanboy I am I'm probably gonna pick up Wildcats. So um, and I, I'll pick up Wildcats and they put Joe Casey back on yeah, it. I know. Oh, well. oh, that was so good. If you're out there, read that book. Read the Joe Casey Wildcats. Those were yeah, those, those were good. excellent. Those are the only Wildstorm books I've ever read. So. All right. So didn't you read the um, Alan Moore stuff? The, sup- the Supreme. Uh, well, that wasn't in the universe. Oh, no, though. that wasn't Supreme. That was. No, yeah, Alan Moore and Wildcats was in the universe. Yeah, well, he, yeah. Alan Moore had a run. You know what? That I haven't with, read Wild. That was with Tra- I haven't actually. That was that was ahead. with Travis Trest. Uh, I haven't actually read Alan Moore's issues of those. Oh, they were for great. I have them in storage though, but they're they're awesome. Hey, the internet's back. Hey. Woo. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> I was sitting in front of my computer while we do this, and it just came back on. Alrighty. So when it you know when it rains it pours and last week we didn't have a bunch you didn't have any emails at all and this week we got inundated with emails so thank you to everybody who wrote into us. Um, we had emails last week they were just sort of like saying hi they weren't really right, yeah no I mean, but conversational emails so um, right. you say we just dive right into them. Um, our first e- splash. Our first email comes from Mac, um, and he's got a he's got a pretty good question here. Um, he <laughs> like most of us he read comics when he was in grade school and then he. Um, then he realized that girls didn't have cooties, and they took up all his time, and he stopped reading comics. But um, recently, he fell back into reading comics, again, because of a girl, ironically enough. Um, well, here's the thing about girls. Let me just interject right here. Oh, please tell us about girls, uh, Thank you, Professor. You, you, find, you get to a point where you find out they don't have cooties, yeah. and then in a few years, you find out they're all crazy. Right, and have the clap. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Right. So it's, 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 at that point, you go back to comics. So there you go. So what what Connor's just done now is make the assumption that there are no girls listening, and if there are, they can take they're that crazy. Kind of crap. They're crazy. Look, they know they're crazy. <laughs> the loco. Yes, yeah. they are crazy. Men are stupid. They know it. Crazy. Anyway, so All right. so because of a girl, probably a crazy girl, he's fallen back into comics, and he he. He's asking us what he should read to catch up with where the Marvel and DC universes have gone in the past twenty years or so. You know, just the high points. All right, do it in twelve seconds. <laughs> so, Connor, sum up the DC universe in the best. Wait, when is when is twelve years ago start? Twenty years ago is to start. It's two thousand six, so nineteen eighty six. Go. Nineteen eighty six. Okay. Well, the crisis on Earth just ends, so you got the whole DC reboot. Um, Superman is less powerful. Batman is more grim and gritty. Uh, the Flash is dead, and um, Hal Jordan kills everybody and goes insane. Time. And that's it. <laughs> then Grant Morrison, that's Grant Morrison on JLA, and then, um, and then Identity. Oh, 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 I thought we were talking about the storylines. The books to read in the last 20 years are definitely Grant Morrison's JLA, um, strangely enough, John Byrne's Superman, and um, Greg there's a whole great Batman. period of Bat- Greg Rock of Batman. Actually, Batman was really good for most of the last 20 years. Um, um, it's a good portion yeah. of the middle of Norm Breakfast. Cataclysm Alan Grant. and earthquake stuff. If yeah, that's whole. Yeah, I mean. It's a little like asking to break down TV for the last 20 years. There's a classic Flash run with Mark Wade Connor leading into Jeff Johns. And, and He's <laughs> not going to be able going. to track all these issues down. So, what happened on East End? So my brain's working so hard, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> so, is, 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 is George Clooney still on ER? Uh, um, to break it down for Marvel in the past 20 years, you haven't missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> just start from... Yeah, just, uh, if you can avoid 1992 
through um, <laughs> like 2001, then you're good to go. So that's fine. There's really you didn't miss anything. You just missed a lot of bad covers, like Chromium covers and just, crossovers. Just so. listen to the podcast. Yeah, we've said Marvel started getting good win five years ago. Yeah, 2001. Yep. It was 2001. Joe Casada. Yep. So it's around the times that, that Marvel Knight started. If you could read, sort of. I mean, like the, the stuff that was really great was was the the Daredevil stuff that Bendis and and Kevin Smith did, and but that and, was all 2000, 2001, yeah. So. Yeah. Mark Wade's Captain America. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But there were there yeah. were there were flashes of moments of goodness in the '90s, but nothing happened storyline wise that really is going to shake the foundation. You know, there was no Dark Phoenix saga, there was no Watchmen, there was no there was nothing. I, if anything, I would say Marvels. If you can pick up the Trey Payback Marvels, which is out of continuity but was an awesome event and an awesome book about Marvel Comics that, that I would say in the 90s, that's the one I would say to pick up. So We're basically constantly pointing out stories on here that you can go pick up, and we'll keep you out of, we'll keep you out of cash for, for years. <laughs> yeah, if you, listen to, if you go back, I don't know if you have or not, uh, listen to you know, some of our older shows, we definitely are constantly mentioning things to read. So. Yeah, if you haven't already listened to all 34 episodes of the podcast, go do that first. <laughs> All right. Yes. A day and a half. Yeah. You know, it's a good weekend. So our next email comes from a um, somebody who's emailed us before, uh, Raphael from Berwyn, Illinois. Um, he wrote in. You guys might remember a few episodes back. He was asking what comics he should get a subscription to, a mail order subscription. Um, and right, I remember. And he signed up for you know a lot of a lot of the ones we recommended, like Daredevil and New Avengers and JLA and Civil War and the like. Um, so he's he thanks us for our help. But he's, he brings up one thing about subscriptions, which I never knew about because I've never done subscriptions. Um, and to quote him exactly, uh, quote, unquote, they suck. Um, <laughs> they, come in cra- they come in crappy little bags and thin sheets of paper to, quote, unquote, protect them. Almost, almost all of them have arrived bent and in terrible shape and ended up being a bit of a disappointment. Um, I, I remember when I was like, like, like 12, I had a subscription to Thor. <laughs> nice. And it, like, it was like I was going into the shop and buying like 20 books, but I had a subscription to Thor. So that one came in the mail. And even then it came in terrible shape. So. Well, Why Thor? I don't know. I think there was like a sale or I was like, I want to subscribe to something. It was, it was the Mighty really Hammer, Thor at the time. I loved Thor. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I would think that I would never, I mean, for many reasons, subscribe, mostly because um, my most of my mail gets destroyed anyway. I mean, I would... You know, you just assume it's going to get it's in the mail. It's going to get ripped. <laughs> Which isn't to say that you can't use one of those subscription services. Well, though, yeah, I mean, my question, you, like, discounted books. my question was, who did he go to subscribe to? Did he subscribe direct from Marvel and DC? Because if that's the case, then I'm not surprised. But if he goes, to, to, if he goes to one of those websites that are out there, and I don't even, you know, yeah, I'm assuming the websites are going to put you, put your stuff in good packaging. Otherwise, you can, they're not going to get any business. But Marvel and DC are less likely to be. Yeah, on top of that. But, but then it also goes I back. They even still did that. It also goes back to you know what do you want out of comics and you know you know Bend you know we've heard Bend say a million times at panels and stuff like that that if you like a comic roll it up put it in your back pocket and then give it to your friend you know and like or you well that's, there's that there's all there's the fact that if it comes with pages ripped out and you can't read them well, yeah, because that's, it's been that's crushed in the mailbox yeah, but, that's, yeah so I don't know but anyway that's su- one thing subscriptions. You know, enter them at your own risk. But um, so, so, so maybe Raphael, you want to check out one of the websites that are online that do subscriptions. Maybe they'll do a little better. Anyway, um, so he has a couple other questions. Um, first off, um, once again, yet it seems you know we're very New York centric here. But he's coming to New York and he wants to know if there's any comic related places to tour or anything like the Absolute Comic Store that he should go to. And he'll even take tips on how not to get mugged. <laughs> no eye contact. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't make eye contact. Actually, New York's pretty safe these days. You don't have to. We're... That's baloney about the eye contact. Um, <laughs> I know, but it's really funny. There's two stores he should definitely go to. One is Jim Hanley's Universe on yeah, 33rd Street. There's comics for collect tables <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Hanley's Sorry. Universe on 33rd Street, right across from the Empire State Building. Therefore, you always know where it is. Um, it's a fairly large store. It's got a light, wide selection of lots of different kind of books and T-shirts and yeah. junk like that. And then there's also um, Midtown Comics, which has got two locations. One is on 40th and Broadway, which is right south of Times Square, and one is right across from Grand Central Station. And I've never actually been to that one, but those are the two main big ones. There's also Jim Hain, uh, not Jim Hain, There's also um, Forbidden Planet on uh, 13th Street, right Union, by Union Square. Union Square. And, which I don't really like as much. But. And if you're a comic fan and you're coming to New York, you have to go to the Baxter Building and get a tour. It's just amazing. Yes. Yeah. So. Occasionally you'll catch Ben Grimm walking around. Yeah, if you're lucky. So. Um. And I would say for the mugging part, don't want, um, you know, count your money on the street. Yeah. Other than that, you're pretty good. I mean, you know. Keep the wall in the front of the pants. Yeah, front pants pocket. <laughs> 
Um, so then he also um, said that he was very excited to hear that we're going to be in San Diego. Um, but he was. So are we? He was yeah. So are we. But he was wondering if we're going to come to the Chicago Con. Um, he's guessing no, but he thought he'd ask either way. And he reminds us that we have a lot of people in the Midwest who likes us, so it might be something to think about. Um, we would. Look- I would say there was a moment. There was a moment this week where we were almost going to go. I was looking up hotel rooms and air- airfare. I was, th- you know, but then reality set in, and we realized that it, we couldn't do it. <laughs> but maybe next year, and if you know, and if everybody, you know, you know, pitches in and donates a couple of bucks to the fanboys' way, maybe we can pay our way out to Chicago next year <laughs> to send us to a comic con. Yeah, well, it's also a lot of planning involved. We, we don't yeah. just go as fans; we go, to, we go as people who are working and we and, you know we've been planning for san diego for months it's, it's a lot of planning literally every day this and, is, this uh, is we, from a guy who, who with ron got there before me and spent a day with nothing to do so they decided to buy as many hero clicks as they could fit in their pockets we were killing time <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think there's not a lot to do in san diego yeah, there isn't it's hero clicks and also let's let's admit there was a cute girl working at the comic book store so we just kept on going back and, I'm, and i realized that buying hero clicks every time we went back probably wasn't the best thing to do to impress her but still <laughs> i will admit that was, might have been an element of that but i will neither confirm nor deny that that was an element she was cute. i have never bought a hero and then clicks. what was great is that then because like we went in like three or four like we went because it was wednesday and we're killing time so we go to yeah. the, we go to the store to pick up our books which is like you know and so then we go back to the hotel room and we read our books and then we're like all right and now it's like four o'clock and we're like all right now, and now what now what so we let so let's go back to the store so we go back to the store and we wander and i don't know if it was connor if it was me or somebody who triggered the whole hero clicks buying and then uh you know i know you know who it was no who was it it wasn't me and it wasn't you oh was it that one yeah yeah there's another another friend he's trouble but anyway, um, you'll, you'll... he started buying them. We thought that's kind of cool. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! If he's buying them and we buy them, we can play them. And anyway, so <laughs> so while we're in the store, we're ta- we're chatting up this girl and we're chatting up this girl, and she seems friendly and we're laughing and we're like, oh, we're from New York, the con, blah blah. So fast forward to like Friday or Saturday of the con, and we're on the floor of the convention center. There's the chick from the comic book store, and like dorks, we're like, oh, there's the chick, and like we go to wave hi to her, and nothing, just no <laughs> recognition whatsoever. And so we're just like. Oh well. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, our twenty. Click, 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 click. <laughs> is, this, is this thing on? Apparently, our twenty minutes in her store meant a lot more to us than it did to her. So anyway, whatever. That was a little vignette from a San Diego trip. So anyway, so thank you, Raphael. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we'll go another um, next year. We'll think about it. I think it. Boils... I think we'd really like to. We're gonna really think about going to Chicago next year if I, we can. I think it. Bo- it just boils down to the fact that it was like it's a couple of weeks after San Diego, and between getting off work and paying for the airfare, like we just we were ill prepared for it. So, um, but next year, and I kind of have a I kind of have a personal thing against wizard sponsored cons, but I guess I got. It is go a wizard that. con. Yeah, I guess I got to go over that. But anyway. All right, well, so... no, don't have to. Yeah. Matt to. Well, thank That's you, true. Raphael, for wanting us to come to your neighborhood and um, and sit in your living room and do the podcast from your house. So can we stay with you? We appreciate it. Yeah, can we crash at your house in Illinois? <laughs> that'll that'll cut right down on the cost. <laughs> so um, our next email is a short one. Comes from Travis, who wrote in um, when we were talking about the absolute um, books, and we were wondering if there was going to be an absolute Sandman. And he points out to us at the Philadelphia Wizard World Con during the Vertigo panel, they announced that the first one is coming out in November. Um, and we went to Amazon and, and confirmed this. So if you're interested in Sandman, I don't know why you could, maybe they maybe they do that thing on Amazon where you can, <laughs> oh. you can save money if you buy Absolute Sandman Volume One and the Best of the Cure. <laughs> save thirty. Why do you wear black, Ron? I, I, I wear black on the outside because that's how I feel on the inside. <laughs> Which is a Smith's quote, but anyway, okay. Now, 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 once again, the people who can't tell me and Ron apart, he's the asshole. <laughs> no, no, I'm the bitchy one. Yeah, way. Yeah, anyway. He's the old lady. So our last email comes from um, our good friend Dominic, a.k.a. Cletus Van Damme, or whatever he's calling himself. He's days. got several. Yeah, he's got several nom de plumes. But um, basically he writes in because he needs our help. He's heard us talk about Queen and Country, and we piqued his interest. And so he went to Amazon to check, check out the trade paperbacks. And he knows there's seven volumes of Queen and Country, but he also saw three volumes of Queen and Country Declassified. And then there are the novels. So he wants to know to set him straight. Where does he need to start? Where does he need to go? Where do the novels fit in? Um, he's in a desperate need for new books to read while he's at, while he's at work. Or else he'll go crazy. <laughs> hey, leave, I hope he's not operating any machinery while he's at work. <laughs> but anyway, while I'm driving the forklift, I'd like um, to have a book on the lap. But anyway, he's already read. He's been taking our recommendations, and he's already read Preacher, Transmetropolitan, Watchmen, um, and he reads all the crap Bendis puts out. <laughs> so he wants to know: um, Can we set him straight on Queen and Country? Um, okay, I went and looked at what was available. I was confused by it, and I've read it all. Um, 
you want to start with there's Queen and Country Volume Seven. Right, volumes one through seven. Yeah, that was start seven. With seven. Go backwards. <laughs> I had a friend tell me that on on Sandman once. He's like, no, 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 don't start with the first yeah, one. Yeah, that's with the right. I remember one. that. Start with the fifth one, then read the second one, and don't even bother with the first one. That was a great friend. Anyway, <laughs> read Sandman in order, by the way. Um, start with Queen and Country, just the regular ones, Volume 1, Operation Broken Ground. You can read those straight through, I think, through 7. Um, Declassified is like a backstory. There's three volumes of it, and there's, there's backstories in some of the characters. You don't need to know it for the, um, for, for the story itself. But after you've sort of got a handle on who the characters are, you can read those to the side. It's good really background matter. texture for the characters, but it's not necessary for the overall plot. It almost is more fun to read after you know them all. So after you've read the first seven issue, volumes, if you really want more, you can go and read Declassified, and then those will give you background on some of the characters you, who you've met. Now, the, there's two novels, um, A Gentleman's Game and Private Wars, I believe? Something like that. Okay, A Gentleman's Game comes first. It takes place, I believe, after Volume 7. It may be 6. And then there's some more comics. No, it's after 7 because... It takes place after that. Say it's got to be after 7 because the current storyline is in between the two books. And since okay. it's still coming out, it obviously hasn't been collected yet, so... Okay. So, so I mean, that's seven. months and months away before you get a chance to read all that stuff. Right. So by then, it might be, might be Volume 8, but... It goes the, up to Volume 7, and then a gentleman's game novel, and then the current... Books that are coming out monthly. That would be volume and then the eight, next novel, and then Private Wars, which would be the next novel. However, just to go a little bit deeper, and because I love Greg Rucka and I, I want people to read his stuff, if you read Whiteout and then Whiteout Melt, that has the first appearance of Tara Chase in there, who becomes the lead in Queen and Country. Mm. So that's like a prequel. It is. Well, it, well, yeah. It came first, and then Tara was born out of that, and then they went and used they went and used her, and we've heard nothing about Carrie from Whiteout since then. So I guess he fell in love. And a side time. note, I bought both novels. Good for you. Nice, so I, Connor. You, you sent me the first one. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's next on my list after I get through my Neil Stevenson novel, which takes forever because it's a phone book, basically. It's volume one of a three-volume phone book, yes. So hopefully that will help Dominic out. And then he had a PS. He was wondering if any of us watched the, the video podcast of Brett Ratner's video diary from Attack of the Show on G4. And um, and I don't think any, any of us have. Uh, but I did download it, but I've been giving myself some time away from the subject matter. And I will pro- I will watch it, and Dominic, I'll email you and let you know my thoughts. So Grieving. Yes. So it's what? Uh, <laughs> I, I've decided to ignore the existence of that. So that sums up our. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That sums up our listener email for this week. And um, if you want to write us uh, email, if you have any questions or want our opinion, or if you want tourist travel tips for New York City, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com, um, and we'd be glad to read your email, get back to you, or read it on the podcast. So I, I can tell you where to go in L.A. Sure, you can. No one. No one. Can. Don't come on. Don't come on vacation to Hollywood. By the way. <laughs> if everyone if anyone was like, hey, let's go see Manchester, don't ever come on vacation to Hollywood. Come on vacation to California. Stay out of L.A. Yeah. Speaking, of sta- speaking of staying out of, I was driving into Brooklyn last weekend, and it was uh, the Saturday, the day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade, and all the traffic advisory signs, like I drove under one, and it just said, avoid Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> like, and for a minute, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And then, then it was like parade tomorrow from 11 a.m. But I just, I just thought those signs should just always say, avoid Manhattan. <laughs> so anyway. So, um, Frapper? It was a huge week for the Frapper map. Oh man, the the kids came out to play. Like we didn't even we didn't even ask people to do this. Well, we kind of nope. did, but you know, but not as much as we have in the past. But the push to two hundred is on. We're we're soon be in the middle of the push to three hundred, and after that, I think you have to go straight from five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're right up to we're up to one hundred ninety three. Uh, big push. We had um, people from all over the place. We got uh, Wanda De Jesus uh, from uh, Bronx, New York. Uh, good to be here. I think here. it's all the boroughs now of New York we have. I believe we do. Uh, good to be here. 200 going fast. Good enough. Uh, Steve from Montgomery Village, Maryland, says he loves the show. And then here we go. Natalie, a girl from Singapore, who gives us the shout-out, loves the podcast. That's awesome that you're in Singapore. I mean, you're probably not working that hard at it. But um, <laughs> Chris Neesman from Chicago says that comics are, in fact, yummy. He may have misinterpreted that a little. <laughs> And then Mac, who we heard uh, an email from later, also stuck his pin in there. So thanks, everybody. Um, uh, keep doing it. We, it's really neat to just go on there and see all the people all over the place. Yeah, it's great. It was great to see that one from Singapore and, and it to be a female, which is just yeah. know, our minority group, as always. But, um, 
but yeah, thank you everybody, and keep you know seven away from two hundred. And while we did a contest for our hundredth rapper map, I don't think we're gonna do one for our two hundredth. But you know, keep an ear out, listen to future podcasts for our next contest. So. Um, but if you want to stick your pin in the Frapper map and, and hope maybe you'll be the 200th Frapper pin, you can go to um, frapper.com slash ifanboy, or you can go to uh, ifanboy.com and click the link in the upper right-hand corner and go check out the map and see ifanboy covering the world, except for Africa. And, and most of the uh, plain states still, for some yes, reason. Yes, and most of Asia. We need Kamkatcha, Kamchatka, whatever. The, the, one of the states in risk. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Wow, I just made a risk reference. <laughs> One other thing, we don't really mention it this much, but um, you know, you, you're probably listening to us. You might download it directly from the site, but you're probably getting it from iTunes or from Podcast Alley or from one of the other podcast aggregators. A lot of those have ways for you to tell people about the podcast. Like in iTunes, you can write a review. On Podcast Alley, you can vote for us and write a review. Um, please do that. We, you know, we like to hear what you think of us in, on other websites. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that increases the relevance so that when people search for comic books, it comes up higher and seems more relevant. And then, you know, they, they, they listen to us instead of any other of the crappy pod. No, sorry. Oh, I we, not, we like the other podcasts. I'm kidding. Uh, We're doing a panel with them. Yes. But um, so, yeah, so go to iTunes, write a review about us. Or, you know, better yet, tell your friends about us. You know, um, tell or your parents. Spread the about, word. Yeah, tell your parents about what a podcast is and use us as an example. And Bring it up in the comic shop. Yeah, like yeah. Tell we, your want some, we want some moms, comic moms listening. Yeah. <laughs> so I think our show is very mom friendly. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, we're, we really didn't curse that much this episode. So it's I did. Really good, but... <laughs> Bollocks. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's funnier when you're on the phone and you say fuck. Yeah. Um, and so then finally, um, if you like what you hear and you like what you read on the site and you got a couple bucks you want to throw us our way, um, we do take donations. Um, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations or you can click on the, the subscriptions and donations box on the site. Um, we'll, like we said, all of our content is free. We never want to charge you. But, you know, we're, you know um, your money helps put money back into the site to improve the quality of what we give you guys and to hopefully um, expand our coverage of comics and, you know, make it one big party that we can all enjoy. So. And thanks, I mean, so much to the people who who did send us some donations. We really, really appreciate it. We're, yeah, every been, time we're like, really? Yeah, we've been blown <laughs> away. I mean, the, the, we, we you know we launched the donations thing last last week with zero expectations. I mean, and almost almost you know like you know begrudgingly, we're like, all right, we'll do this. But the, those of you who who donated, thank you so much for your generosity, and and we really appreciate it. And and we're gonna do our best to make your money worthwhile. So unfortunately, Connor got his hands into the till. Yes. Oh, well, that's uh, why I was out last night. That's why I'm hungover. And we were warned by by somebody who donated, weren't we? Yeah. He told us we made a mistake of saving the donations to my checking account. Yeah, exactly. And we were warned not to spend all the donations on uh, beer and porn. And unfortunately, Connor, Connor, sorry. Connor fell off the wagon again. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like a daily occurrence. You're worse than Tony Stark, Connor. I, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, I don't want to paint this picture of Connor the alcoholic because <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. But anyway. <laughs> He I'm likes he, engen- he engenders that picture of himself. <laughs> I, I gotta make up with the other two of you. I'm a bit boozy. I know us teetotalers over here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week's show. Um, as always, I'm Ron, and I'm Josh. I'm Connor, and I'm melting. Yes, and we're gonna go not sit in air conditioning and sweat and pour ice cubes down our pants because we're hot. <laughs> and that sounded dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but very cool. Not kind of not a good dirty either, not really. Dirty Let's awkward, be honest. And awkward dirty. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody, and have a good week. Enjoy Civil War. Bye bye. Bye. What is it? Dance magic number. interesting to say a sentence like enjoy the Civil War. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever been said before. Would that be the one in the Ivory Coast or? <laughs> or Angola. <laughs> or the Great American Civil War. <laughs>